When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. It's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. All right. Another recap pod here. Bo Robert Rude is in the in the his house. No wine. Just sparkling water today. We could have been popping champagne because Nebraska got a got a win yesterday. We're taping this on a on a Sunday afternoon. Um, first of all, you were at the game, correct, Amundo? Yes. One of the big storylines heading into the game was the sellout streak, and I was a little, even though you know they did the whole bought up the tickets, the red carpet experience, yeah. which is great, great move by Trev Alberts and those those guys. I was still a little nervous, like, okay, what's it going to look like on TV? Are there going to be large pockets that are empty? Like, is it a sellout or how, what's it going to look like? You tell me, on TV, I thought it looked really good. There was no major, like, gaps in the scene. There was a little, it, there was sprinklings, okay. maybe more than normal, but um, I, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Like, it, it's amazing you, you realize, like, once you get down there for the tailgate that, it's been it's been two years. Two years. Iowa yeah. Black Friday, twenty nineteen. Yeah, and so like, first the first initial feeling is this is amazing just to be amongst the people. I know. Right? I was I was a little jealous. I was oh, like, oh, you got you might have to come down next week yeah. just because of that. Um, and then you I got into the stadium and I'm telling you like, you know, somebody mentioned oh, it's a little light, to do, and I was like, I just didn't care. I was like, I was so happy right. to be there that like it was. It was worth every second uh, to be back in the stadium, just sort of just take it all in. Right. Band, like you're looking down, you see the cheer, you're like, this is great. Right, right. So it, it all was, comes back to you. It the, does. the sounds, the smells, the all that. Like it just comes rushing back, I bet. Yeah, it does. And uh, we'll get into some of the, some something else I noticed kind of on that mark. Ooh. Like as the game went on, sort of like a, I'll talk okay. about that later. All right. Yeah, we'll get into that. But, but it was, it was great though. Because I was, I don't know. I was like that. I think Dirk even wrote about heading into the game. Like one of the subplots of this game was kind of like, hey, what's the crowd going to look like? What's it going to feel like? I thought it came across well on TV. I wanted to get your thoughts being in the stadium. So yeah. that's good. And, and the sellout streak. Um, I Trev Alberts is doing everything right right now. I mean, he the he's kind of killing it. Yeah, he I mean, that hire starting to look better and better <laughs> no every doubt. minute. Right, like, right. But like, I think a lot of people were they were so frustrated with our first loss that they, I think the initial thing was let's just end the streak almost. And then Trev saves the streak with this red carpet experience, which is a, you know, to me, it's a hands down success because it seems like, yeah, obviously you're bringing in new fans, kids that wouldn't have a chance to see the game. Like what's better than that. So there's no way to complain about that to me. And I think now we win a game and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe keep the streak a lot, you know? So like, those are little things that I'm like, 
I really appreciated that. Like we, we do got the streak still going and well, we okay. Can- what, so, so you have Buffalo next week, then at Oklahoma, then you're at Michigan state, then it's Northwestern at home. Yes. If let's say Nebraska plays well, beats Buffalo. I mean, let's not get crazy and say they beat, beat Oklahoma, but whatever. Let's say they go like yeah. they, everybody walks away from that game. Like, damn, Huskers played pretty good today. And then they go win at Michigan state. I, I doubt then there's any consternation about like, does anybody want to go to that game? You know what I mean? So yeah. like, there is a, that this reality of like winning has a way. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I there are, pro- or is the stadium too big? Yeah. It's probably too big. Could they make changes to make it better? Yes. Um, all those kinds of things can be true, but at the same time, winning creates demand. Exactly. And the demand right now, I think is there's a, there's a 10 to $15,000 gap that if you went down to 70, there'd be people right now still like, I I can't get a ticket. right? Right. And so we're not that far off. It doesn't need like, we're not at the point where we need it to be 40 or 50,000. Like it's still like that stadium was, you know, call it 85% full. Right. right? That's so, pretty good. Yeah. So it was on that end. It's like, I don't think we're, yeah, we're like 50% capacity issue. It, right. And so, okay. Like Nebraska wins 52 to seven. They beat Fordham an FCS team, but I want to start just with a broad, like this game. Let's start here. This game served its purpose. And what I mean by that is, a couple. Of, I mean, there are a lot of different things. Number one, this this program, this team, they needed a win. Mm-hmm. They got it. They needed to gain collective confidence from player one to player ninety. They all needed to 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 gain some confidence from success in a game. They got it. And the other thing that this program has needed, they've needed a good Saturday, right? Like a, a uh, they've needed a Saturday in the fall where the sun came up and the sun went down and everybody was feeling good, smiling, positive vibes around the team, locker room program, fans, everything. Like yeah. they needed that and they got it. So to me, and we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of the game, but like, in some ways, you can just say success because of those things right out the gates. I think our state needed this in the worst way for so many reasons, right? Like you said, just from the football aspect. But other than that, it's like to go be around a bunch of other people that you haven't been around. Like you haven't been around thousands of people and to all collectively like have something good happen. Right. It just, you could feel it. You could feel everybody just being like, like a sense of relief almost uh, that they've been waiting. They've been waiting so long for it. So, right. Uh, see, the other thing, that, I don't know if you had this feeling. I had this weird feeling when I saw the stadium on TV. And, and sometimes there's this feeling because we've been detached from the collective Husker community for so long. To your point, like, haven't all congregated at Memorial Stadium to all cheer and and pull in the same direction. When you haven't been around that community of people combined with some of the losses and the and the struggles of the team, there your brain can do tricks on you of like nobody believes in frost. Yeah. Nobody's cheering for this team. Yeah. You know, go to those extreme places of like 
No one is even in. Who is even in? We do this all the time. Like people, we act like no one's even. No one even cares anymore. No one cares. But there's a hundred thousand people. But a hundred thousand people showed up. <laughs> hundred thousand showed up. Does that make so, sense? Did, like, did you ever feel like that yesterday? Like almost like, oh yeah, people do still give a shit. They do still give st- still give a shit. And you like, it was a collective reminder that we love Nebraska football. Right. No matter what, we're we're gonna love it. We're always going to show up there because right. when you show up there, it's a part of your life. And that was the thing. I, it reminded me. It's like, yes, it's a part of your life and it's great. Right. To just do just do the thing. Right. Go to the game, cheer on your team, win or lose. That's what it's about. And you you lose touch with that when you're not allowed to go. Yes. There. When you're not around you, when you're not physically around it, I'm talking physically there. You Yeah. You lose it a little bit. No, just doubt. like we talk long distance, you can FaceTime and Skype your girlfriend all you want, but bruh, sometimes you gotta be in, you gotta be with them. I'll tell you what, there's a reason why long distance relationships after a while aren't so good. <sighs> no, because you and they need don't last. to physically be with. Yeah. You gotta you gotta be with them. And in this case, there's been a almost kind of like a long distance relationship with Nebraska football. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think you know they. It's like Frost and the team. They, they went over and they Frost. studied abroad they in were London. Studying. <laughs> <laughs> they had a they had a gap year. They, yes, yeah. They were FaceTiming a lot. You but, were on. Yeah. It, you needed. It, yeah. And it was like you picked them up at the airport and you had that airport like hug oh, and yeah. kiss, right? But then kind of what it felt like. They told you that they were they had like a, a friend they met overseas. <laughs> they spent a lot of time. You said what? You made, you went everywhere with this person? What? <laughs> you think that's appropriate? I mean, I mean, you do. You are in London and you can do whatever you want to do, right? This is your this is this is your time in your life to do that. But that's kind of what I don't know if that's an analogy. That it, got makes a little rock, it got a little rocky. It did. But then they came back. And you're going on dates again. That's it. And, and you're finally it. around again. So that was. Took you out to dinner. They just took you out to dinner. And it felt good. A little restaurant called Fordham. Yeah. <laughs> and you got, you got the full course meal. You right? got it you all. Got you got it all. You got, yeah. Cocktails, dessert, appetizers. And you know what? You got it all. The relationship's feeling a little bit better. You, you, you walked out of that restaurant feeling pretty good. You're building yourself. trust back because, you yeah. know. You're not worried about that. You're what not ha- worried about you Owen, know, Owen happened, from London. Yeah. What happened in London? We're going to leave it in London. We're going to leave it there, right? To- <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous, but I kind of think it's a genius analogy. Uh, um, okay, I wanted to start with that, but then before we get into, because I had a lot of, I wrote down all the good things from the yeah. game. There's a lot of them. There were a lot of positive things to take from this game. We're also going to get into a couple of looming concerns from whether it's unanswered questions or things that we physically saw on Saturday. But I want to start with this. I entitled this to Jack Daniels moments of the game. <laughs> so so the game ends 52 to 7. Like if you didn't watch the game and you just checked the score like 52 7 up, stress free. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, it was there were a few moments, especially in the first half and even early in the third quarter, that everyone almost reached for the Jack Daniels and was going to end up in detox in the drunk tank from in the Lincoln police department. <laughs> and then some, a play was made. Something happened that allowed everyone to put the Jack Daniels down and not end up in detox. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of go through those and get your take. Cause we haven't even like talked at all. No. The first Jack Daniels moment of the game was Fordham's first drive of the game. We can, I mean, if we can want to throw the first drive of the game, we can throw in there the fumble on the second play, but I'm just going straight to Fordham's first drive of the game. They're moving the ball. They get inside the 30-yard line. 
you're reaching for that Jack Daniels. Like, oh, God. Yeah. And luckily, ball gets deflected. JoJo Doman interception. Huge because it felt like Fordham was going to get points on that drive. It felt like they were going to score a touchdown and or for sure make a field goal. But instead, Nebraska gets a pick and then Nebraska goes down and scores a touchdown. First Jack Daniels moment of the game avoided right there. <laughs> yes. The second one. This was a little one, but Nebraska getting points after Fordham scored their touchdown to tie it at seven. You wished it would have been a touchdown if you're Nebraska, but nevertheless, you needed to respond. Yeah. From First of all, you needed to kind of give your defense a break. You needed to drive the ball down the field a little bit, but you needed to get points on some way, shape, or form. You got it. It's 10 to seven because think if Nebraska goes out, goes three and out, punts it right back to Fordham, and it's seven seven. Everybody's like, mm-hmm. oh boy. Oh, yeah. The third one, and this is probably the biggest play of the game, was the blocked field goal. Think about what was the situation was. So Fordham was going to tie the game potentially at 10 to 10 with seven minutes left in the second quarter. It was going to be tied with it almost to halftime. Instead, I think it was a Deontay Williams that got in there. They, I think the Smook, or maybe it's the Smook that got in there. in the paper today. So, boy, did that guy not? I mean, Fordham's guy stepped out and not down. <laughs> I mean, that was like if any, the Smook almost like overran it. Yeah, and that was like unbelievable. I mean, but okay, you get a blocked field goal, and then Nebraska goes on to score a touchdown. So it goes from tie. It would have been potentially tied at ten to now seventeen to seven. Big swing there, and Nick. That to me is when the stadium changed its tune so uh, kind of what i was hinting at yeah. earlier is uh, people were excited to be there but there was a weird sense of like being Thanks. a little reserved there was people were a little uptight you could feel it and the fumble um yeah you know the the first drive of fordham's the first score of fordham's like th those are moments where you could feel the crowd sort of like revert back to like you went overseas you really it's like <laughs> Damn, you know, they you could yeah, feel yeah, the right, crowd right. pull back. Right. But then we make a we've made those plays, right? right? We made the plays to, to sort of put the jack down, like you're saying. Right. And when we got to 17, you could feel the collective like, okay, we're in charge. So you it's felt the good. stadium changed. Changed right it there. Changed in the middle of that, I think, second first, second quarter, kind of in it there was somewhere. The, the block field goal was with about seven. 50 left in the second yeah, quarter. That to me is when I felt like the shift happened from like, we're, we're being reserved to like, we can start cheering again. Right. Um, and so like, and, and, and I not to jump ahead too far, but they gave the team a standing ovation going into halftime. Ah, that was where I was like, Whoa, right. People are coming around. So they, I mean, people stood up like, you know, stand up, yeah, cheer yeah, the yeah. team out. That was the loud one of the loudest cheers they had was them running into like almost louder than coming out was going in. Well, think think about that though as they're lining up for that field goal. It's pretty amazing that it ended that half ends with a standing ovation because they're lining up for the field goal and everybody is like, "Where's the Jack yeah. Daniels?" Even the analogy I when I, I I created the Jack Daniels, I was going to call it the Happy Gilmore putter throw. Remember when? Remember when he tried to get better? He goes, "Here comes the putter throw," and he, goes, <laughs> and he stops and then puts it down. In front. That that, that was, people have come a long way though. People, but that's <laughs> did it not feel like there was going to be the collective Husker football? Here comes the putter throw. 
Uh, and, then yeah. they, and then they stopped and and got it together. Yeah. But it is pretty amazing to contrast that moment with how the half ends with the standing ovation because it becomes enormous. Because then what's crazy is Nebraska blocks a field goal, then goes score 17 to 7. Fordham drives the ball right back down the field. Yeah. And Deontay Williams gets an interception along the Fordham sideline with about, what was it, two minutes and 30 seconds left in the second quarter. It, again, Fordham was driving. Nebraska comes back onto the field. They drive the ball down and score a touchdown with 30 seconds left in the half. So now it's 24 to 7, thus becomes the standing ovation. But yeah. these little moments it, Nick, those are the ones that we have gotten wrong every time for four years right. for, for four years when because we the moments happen at you know the the critical points in the game and like they, they've kind of always gone wrong and this was a, an example of when they go right like we like we're like a different kind of team then like we just haven't gotten those moments right, right. or made the play to turn the like we just haven't found a way to do that and to me, this that first half was was kind of like, whoa, that was the first time things went our way in those moments, right? Um, and so, no doubt, uh, yeah. So it was really, um, it was a need. It was just so needed, is what it was. Well, and so then the last Jack Daniels Happy Gilmore putter throw moment of the game was the defensive stand after the Cam Taylor Britt muffed punt. Yeah, the Brett, you, it felt like Nebraska was in complete control, but you know if. If Cam Taylor Britt muffs the punt and then Fordham punches it in and it's 24 to 14, now, now that angst and that anxiety in the stadium maybe rises a little oh, bit yeah. because it's a lot of the same old stuff. It's it's Cam Taylor Britt, a special team, snafu, all that stuff. Yeah. But Deontay Williams gets his second interception of the game on fourth down in front of the Nebraska sideline. Could have been 24 to 14 if they go on to score. But instead, Nebraska, their offense goes and scores again to make it 31 to seven. And by the way, the person who scored that touchdown was Chancellor Brewington. Chancellor Brewington. What that name? He belongs in a Northeastern. (laughs) uh, A special society that meets. Secret society that. I mean, uh, it's. Like, this is my friend Winston Bartholomew the first. You know my friend Barrington Bartholomew. Our family <laughs> has been in Rhode Island for so many years. We came over on the Mayflower. Well, I mean, that's, but Chancellor Brewington is set. He's probably got the best name on the team. Yeah, what a name. That is a hell of a name. He got moved to tight end basically right before the season started. He gets a touchdown. So he scores a 31 to 7 ball game from that. For sure, ball game. Now it's completely over. Everyone's feeling pretty good. But there were moments, even though, like, you would just check that final score and think it was smooth sailing, you know? No, it, that's that's kind of where we're at, though. It's like we have these, like, there's not that trust and confidence from, I don't think, the team or the fan base, right? So we, we're going to have to win. You know, we're going to have to win a few games and, and find some more consistency. But I think before we get over this sort of, like, here we go again because yes. we just we've never had three straight wins. We just haven't. So it's right. hard to believe uh, that that's sort of the they're like we're okay, right? There's you know we got a ways to go still. I think before the team believes and the fans believe. Totally. So those so 
were there any moments that you felt? I mean, I probably could have included the, the first drive of the game, especially the, the second play of the game being the a fumble. fumble. The fumble. I mean, everybody was we lose. Like, I remember we jumped on the ball, yeah, but we almost lost that ball, Nick. I mean, we pretty much should have lost that ball. So that's where it's like if you, if you recover the fumble, it doesn't matter. But we fumbled and we about lost it. Right. Well, what's even amazing about that first drive was Martinez picked up like a third and 18 running. Great run. So, I mean, it was like, it was almost a, it was a bad first drive. It was almost a travesty of a first drive. Yeah. But there were moments in that game where things were a little, and they made the plays and they end up winning 52 to seven real quick. Before we get into the, I have a whole bunch of good stuff. What, what changed defense? Did anything change defensively? Because it felt like Fordham was kind of moving the ball. Fair, relatively easily early in the first quarter and a half, and then it kind of like it kind of stopped. Did they just get worn down? You or know, I, what, I think it's uh, what did you see? Here's the thing with Fordham is they uh, use FCS, you're like, there's this team's terrible. I mean, they weren't like great or anything, but I think they were they had some players that were better than I think people realize. Like the, the their quarterback, I they basically said was like, is I think he was like the player of the year last year. Like, he's gonna he be led it, he led he. he 70, he had either led FCS spring football and completion percentage or yeah, something I mean, like that. It was not a bad player for FCS. And then they had a, I thought they're running back and they had a running back and receiver that were good players. Right. And we might have to talk about that middle, middle linebacker, linebacker there. Yeah. Cause I, mean, I, that guy, I mean, I was very impressed. They had a handful of good players that, you know, if you're not on your game, which I think our defense is a little sloppy in the first half, you know, they executed on us. I'll give them that. They did a good job. So for me, it's more like I'll give them kudos for being prepared. Right. They had us game planned. Um, you know, maybe we came back and cleaned it up for the second half. But yeah, I mean, they did a good job. Because I'm with you. I actually, at one point, you know, I will never divulge my notes I take during the game because boy, do I ride the wave. <laughs> like someone read my diary. They'd be like, we need to turn this guy into a mental. Like at one point I wrote down, this would have been late first quarter. I wrote down, how is it possible that Fordham has better skill players than Nebraska? Now, that ultimately changed. I don't yeah. believe that. But at one point, I thought their running back seemed like he was ever a bit as good or better than any of Nebraska's running backs. And at one point, one of their receivers, I thought, was like as good as Ture. And yeah, now, mean, all, now, again, as the game wore on. It's not obvious at the start of the game. That's still an issue. I mean, Nick, oh, the yeah. fact that you're even saying that, you know, I could have been the only one that thought that. No, their no, running yeah. back. I was like, I, I'll tell you, Nick. I'll, I'll say right now. I mean, our running backs. Whew. We have. I mean, because I, I don't know about you. Like last night, I watched. I watched a, a lot of football yesterday. I watched uh, the Penn State Wisconsin. I watched uh, Georgia versus Clemson. Clemson. I watched George Bama. I didn't first see, degree murder Miami. I, you just you already know what's going to happen there with Bama, but. Uh, I also watched Iowa, Indiana, Indiana, and just a few other random games. And like, man, it's like you see some when you see like running backs that are like, well, that are up there. Like, it's like, man, we I don't I'm just not seeing it right now. The the thing that which it's too bad for him. It's maybe good for Nebraska. I watched them watching the Minnesota Ohio State game. You watch Minnesota's running back, Ibrahim or Ibrahim or whatever. I'm like, player. fucking guys. I'm like, that guy is on another stratosphere than all five or six of Nebraska's running backs. Exactly. And I, I think we saw some positives out of the Nebraska running right. backs. I mean, Marquis Step 
gave us a hundred, which was good. Um, and I thought there was a couple other little flashes, but I mean, we haven't seen a guy that can just like, we can say, here's the ball, go win us a game. Right. We haven't seen that. Yet. No. And no. that's, and that, like I said, when you're even considering it's for them skill players better than ours, that's a, that's big, a that's bad, a big, the like, fact uh-oh. you're considering it, that's an uh-oh. So the fact that I, now, now you ride the wave pretty good during the games, but the fact that I even wrote that down in my notes is like, ooh. But you don't know. Nick, you don't know. I wasn't sure if someone would, if we'd have been playing, you don't can't play shirts and skins and be like, you just would have played white team versus red team. And you don't know who's who. Yeah. And you would have stopped the game at the end of the first quarter and said, you get to choose which running back you want, which I think I would have chose a lot of Fordham's guys early on offense. That's which is like, Nick, that's the, I mean, I think called the parody in college football is better now than it's been in a long time. Uh, but that doesn't excuse it. Like Fordham is Fordham. We're, we're in Nebraska. Uh, it should be different. Sure, sure. It should be noticeably. It should be way different. But you, okay, so you went there. So let's get into the good things. I did. We'll start with since we're kind of talking about it. I wrote down Marquis Step had a good day. I mean, for yeah. as much as I don't, I don't. I'm not necessarily sitting here drooling over him. He's fine. You know, I mean, he had 18 carries, 101 yards. Um, he's a big guy that seems like he's tough to bring down. Do you has he taken that spot? Not yet. Okay. I what he showed is he was willing to break a tackle um and get some extra yardage. I mean, what I'm looking for is if you're a running back, yeah, one, you're hard to bring down, but two, like you're gonna make somebody miss. Like you're gonna make the first guy miss, and you're not gonna get tackled by one guy. Um and, I mean our Two games in, and majority of our running backs haven't shown me that. No. Marquis Step showed a few plays, but like, you know, you, you watch these guys from around the the, the country, the guy from Minnesota, Ibrahim. Uh, Ibrahim or whatever. Yeah. He's hard to tackle. He and breaks those are Ohio State guys that couldn't tackle him. Yeah. And so that's where I'm like, you know, you got to have guys there can can make something happen like without it just being wide freaking open. Like if we will expect us to block these huge holes and nobody touches you, like it's going to be a long year. Like you, you get the one-on-one, you got to win sometimes to running back. And these guys have, you know, it's, it's early. Um, the O-line I think is struggling. I still. agree. Um, but I, I, we need to see it in, at some point soon. Yes. Somebody needs to, our two guys need to emerge to be like dependable. Right now they're playing six guys. Like that tells me they're going. Who wants it? Especially because the other thing I wrote down too in my notes when I was riding the wave, Frost and the staff had said, "No, I ride the wave. Ride the wave. Ride the wave hardcore." But Frost and the staff said, "We want a bell cow. We want one guy there." Yeah. They so the fact that they are. I mean, the first. I want to say the first three series it went Gabe Irvin, Marquis Step, Sevion Morris. Like they were just. Wrote Ramir Johnson got carries Marvin Scott. Now a lot of these was when they you know they, they yeah. brought in Smothers and all that stuff. But like it, it's pretty telling that you know what they want. They want one guy, and the fact that they can't do that right now shows you that Monday through Friday, no one, and then even so far through two Saturdays, nobody's just taking the job and saying I'm yeah. the man. Yeah, and I, I feel like Gabe Irvin's a guy that. Um, I still, the jury's still out on him because I feel like I've seen almost no holes for him. Like That's he's, what, I, he's I almost had, feel like, like, and maybe Gabe would be like, thank you. If I like, I feel like 
of all the running backs, he's had the worst running situations. Almost every one of his handoffs, uh, carries, I should say, have been, there's penetration in the backfield. There's nowhere to go. I feel like he gets all his carries like, we're inside our own 20. Right. Going out. And we're, you know, like, and they know we're going to run. They're ready for it. Where I think the other guys, like Morrison got a couple touchdowns. Steps got a couple touchdowns. Like they're getting the ball going into the end zone. And like, I feel like the situations have not helped Gabe yeah, Irvin Gabe at all. Gabe comes in. He like, we've been, we've started poorly. He starts the game for the first two series and they're just loaded up on the run. So I think Gabe Irvin's the guy I really want to see in a game where it gets going. It opens up for him. And then I want to see what he could do. Cause right. I think he's the guy if he can, because to me, I, I, if he can get like, get his feet under him. Right. But I would say like, I don't even feel like, and this sounds crazy through two games, I can't even assess it. Because he can't even there's there's it seems like every one of his carries, the dude is getting tackled immediately. Yeah, there's so there's been no space for him to even show anything. Yeah, but but yeah, I think it's fair to say step has done the most with the time totally been. But I I still wouldn't say I mean, I think, you know, the paper today was a little bit more like I think do we have our guy and I'm 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 not going I'm not ready to go there yet either. No. Because I think it also has to be telling that Gabe Irvin got the first two starts. Yeah. So clearly something has happened through all of spring and fall camp and the fir- the two weeks of game prep that this guy got the nod. Yeah. And But this is why these kind of games, I don't think people realize, is like when you got a team that's, that's not really proven, especially like our offense, we need... Every, we we really could use like four of these kind of games. Oh yeah, just like learn how to play, like find our guys, learn how to play together. Um, you know, just find some chemistry and some firepower. Um, our offense could use four a bunch of those games. games. I'm telling you, no so, doubt. So this week and next week, I think are, been, are crucial to the season. Getting wins and getting some some you know, a feel for what we are. The Nick Bob podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. Everybody that knows my athletic background, you know, I was a quarterback in high school, but you know, I believe in establishing the run game. And even more than that, I believe in establishing the Runza game. That's an original Runza cheeseburger, some onion rings, double dipped in a homemade batter, little bit of a pop to top it off. You know, in football, you establish a run, but at lunch, you establish the Runza. It's just that, simple so get out to runza today and establish the runza game or check out the delicious salads you got the chicken bacon ranch salad sweet berry chicken salad and my personal favorite the southwest chicken salad you got to get out to runza establish a runza game or get a salad either way you are going to leave satisfied runza makes it all better the okay so i wrote down step and maybe this what i wrote down next shouldn't be in here but i think in all reality i wrote down it was actually a pretty clean day there were only two penalties on nebraska martinez didn't turn the ball over now they got the one fumble back but martinez didn't turn the ball over nebraska did have two turnovers but they're you know one was smothers on a on a spin where he got just like chiropractor yeah (laughs) And then, oh man! Did he not get spin? He got like, spun into a lower like lumbar time, adjustment. Yeah, I think Smothers had about three plays where it was like, and Logan Smothers 
is dead. <laughs> there he goes again. The paramedics are on the field. Logan Smothers. Oh, they've got him back to life, and he's in the huddle. We talk about the one where homeboy for Fordham. Yeah, Green Bomber. What's his name? Green. Uh, yeah, what was his no, name? No, Green Hagen. Green Hagen. I mean, dude, it was like, and it was the longest. Like I don't you think could, it was almost like Smothers when the gazelle wasn't. and the lion are like, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. Does the gazelle not see the lion? Like, why is he running into the lion? Because you could tell, and you could tell he's not going to get there. Like, you know, about five yards from the sideline, you go, he's not going to make it. He's to the not going to make it, is he? <laughs> he's not going to make it. Because he was running in the green bomber or whatever. I mean, just leveled him. I mean, God. But so between between <laughs> between the lion gazelle moment and then the chiropractic, the chiropractic adjust- adjustment. <laughs> You have two moments where Smothers got smothered pretty good. <laughs> Smothers I mean, got smothered. <laughs> but okay, sorry. So Nebraska had a pretty clean day overall, yeah. though, outside of the chiropractic adjustment, and then Cam Taylor Britt. Like, what, do we want to save that for the frustrating? Let's, should, we, should we stay positive? Let's or do you want to real quick? You want okay? okay. <laughs> you let it. I, it just it's. I'm I actually feel bad for Cam Taylor Britt because this is his senior season. He came back. He came back like, to do I this. Know. And it's really, it's like, it's unfortunate because you can't blame it on anything other than like, Cam, dude, you got to be ready to play the game. That's like, two you, in two, two weeks. Two in two weeks. So there's this weird part of me. It's like, because I wrote down, is he done? I, Nick, it's going to be hard. I actually, if they put him out there, respect to him. Because as a coach, it gets really hard. Because every time you put him out there now, it's your neck on the line, not Cam Taylor Bricks. Cause, cause that's showing that like, you know, like that's your decision at that point. Like a guy showing you he can't do it and you're going to say no. Right. He, so I think he's done back there. Probably. I think he probably is because the other hard thing is if you put him back out there, you got to also think about the message that that sends the rest of the team. Yeah. Where, Certain guys can make mistakes and still get chances while other guys can't. Now, the the question is, does Cam Taylor Britt have enough equity, respect amongst that locker room that everyone understands, like, if Cam, does that make sense? Like, yeah, when, but, when that guy trots back out there, people go, yeah, we trust, we know. What, I think he maybe does. My, But my issue is, is like, is he a good enough punt returner? I don't think it's worth is. it. I don't know that he showed me he's that good. Like, he's he's fine. I think he might be our best return guy. But I don't think he's well, that much better to be that bad at catching and making decisions back there. Well, think about this now. I mean, I'm trying to remember what game would have. So he has a he has a, I mean, a laughable mistake in the first game. He then has the muff punt in this Fordham game, and then in the Iowa Iowa game, three in the last. So three in the last. So one, two, three, four, five, six, six games. Yeah, three. So three times in the last six games, he has turned the ball over at punt return. Yeah, I mean, like you can't. I mean, so as much as I'm with you, like I, I don't know why I have this. Like I feel bad for for Cam. Like I do because because he's 
he's he was he's, willing to come back right and he would he came back to raise his stock and to do it for Nebraska. like i'll give somebody respect that like you did that for for your teammates for the state uh you know and like it's just been a rough couple games. Like I think he's playing fine on defense, but he hasn't played. He hasn't played great either. No. no. So this guy, like I hope the end of his season goes awesome. So far through two games, he's not played well. Well, and it's just like, you feel bad because of like what he was willing. Cause he was, he would have got drafted last year. He would have. Right. Right. To come back for this. So I'm with you. I think he's probably done back there, but then the problem is like, I mean, since we're going there, we'll we'll cross this off the list for bad later on. But like, I mean, can Nebraska can Nebraska do better than Brody Belt? I mean, is Oliver Martin going to go back there? And Oliver Martin was just banged up for this game, and and yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, because Brody Belt, I always wonder. Like, I always wonder. Brody like, Belt's always back there at kickoff. Like he, Brody Belt's one of those guys that kind of sneaky has been back there returning kickoffs every step more than you think. I, I think that's a trust thing. Is like you know, like when. You always find out who the coaches actually yeah. trust, and he must be a guy that they go, God, I just win in doubt, me, yeah. throw Birdie Belt out there. Yeah. But because he bobbled one and luckily yeah. lost it out of bounds. So I don't know. That position is a mess right now. Just bring back Dewan Gross. Oh, God. Bring back Gross. Bring back DPE. Bring back freaking somebody. I mean, that's a little concerning. Yeah. Um, overall, since we're talking about punt. Even though special or punt return is a is a travesty, special teams overall had a better day. Yep. Blocked a field goal. Homeboy kicked touchbacks, which is what you want to see. Um kind of Colt made made a field goal, made some extra points. That's good. Yep. Um punting wasn't great. It wasn't atrocious. Overall, you'd have to say special teams took us. I'm not saying it's great, but it took a step in the right direction. Yeah. We need to get to where that's just normal. Like where you, you're like special teams was fine. Good. But we're not even like overly yeah. concerned with it. I know we just need to get, that's the norm because anytime there's any special teams moment, everyone I'd have to think the that if you had like the blood pressure and pulse of the stadium, it's like, I mean, because I it know. is stressful. Even an extra point, you're like, oh, I mean, his first Lord. extra point, Nick, if you would have said take place your bets, I'm going, sorry, Connor. <laughs> sorry about this, Connor. <laughs> I will say it to go sorry. back to <laughs> sorry, Connor, but I'll take a hundred thousand on the miss, please. Life savings. Connor called missing this extra point. <laughs> I know it's 10 yards, but I got a bad feeling. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the sports book at Caesars Palace. What'll it be? Everything I have. This will take a, this watch, my life savings, and my car outside all on Connor Kelp missing the extra <laughs> I've called the bank. They will they will do a reverse mortgage on the Connor Kelp uh, bet. So that's great. <laughs> Thanks, sir. This is a 10 yard extra point. I'm like, I know. I thought about it. <laughs> oh, that's what it felt like, though. I mean, you know, when they first, when that he first, first started one, out there, I was didn't like, feel good. I got no way. Like that, that's where all of us, but that's where it was at mentally where we're going to mortgage our future on kind of called missing, missing a freaking extra point. One thing I'll add real quick back to Cam Taylor Britt. He must be cursed because that ball bounced. First of all, bounced fast and lo- like yeah that thing was like you know spinners and like firework oh, like yeah. that thing was like zoom, just went straight at him but 
So he feels a little cursed, but nevertheless, like I'm with you. We got to get to the point where we're not talking about like, Hey, he made us extra points. That's progress right there. That's great. Like, come on, what are we talking about? Right. That's where we're at though. But, but overall special teams took a step in the right direction. Yes. Um, The next name I wrote down was Adrian Martinez. Thought he played. I thought Adrian played pretty well. Uh, He he looked more athletic just in his didn't he his physical just presence than he's ever looked. His he ran with confidence. Like he made some moves. Like you guys are for him and I'm not. Right. Wow. That was it. That was good. That was good. I totally agree. I thought that his one scramble touchdown run was just like, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm tucking this thing and I'm out, out running everybody to the pile. It was it was a good sign, though, that he had, he had the presence of mind of like, I'm just going to get this first down or I'm going to scramble and get the score. Right. And he, he was making decisions quicker, I feel like. He, now, the pass, even though the O-line will get to them, their run blocking was a little shaky at times early in the game. He had a pretty clean pocket. Better. And you could see a couple times, especially he the a beautiful play was, you could see him go through his progressions and then hit Omar Manning in the little kind of in a, they looked like they were in a zone coverage and Manning was able to to run with it a little bit, but you could see the comfort, the progressions. He, yeah. I just thought he, he was, he just kind of got into a, he's a big rhythm guy. Like when he gets into a rhythm, you can like feel it coming, you know, but he was 17 to 23, 254 yards and a touchdown. He had eight carries, 33 yards, two touchdowns. And again, zero turnovers. And the other thing, he's pretty good at the option. Yeah, he he's starting to look more comfortable there. Um, yeah, he's, his confidence in his running looks like it's going up to me. Yes, but I'm with you. I thought he every time he ran, he looked like 2018 Martinez to me. Like he looked pretty explosive. It's almost like a swagger in his movements. Right, which right. I that to me, like I, I don't know how to to judge that other than like, I just know it when I see it. And I, I just could sense like, man, this guy's like, he's running with some confidence. Right well, now. think about, remember the South Alabama game, the first year, the uh, first game of the, of the second year, I could tell the first time he ran, you were like, that didn't look right. And whether yeah. it was, he was too heavy or uh, didn't have that, that intangible confidence when he ran. Yeah. There was a reluctancy, a something. Yeah. He Yesterday, he looked good when he ran the ball. Yeah, he looked I, confident. He had the, had great body language. All yeah, that. in a weird way, the best he's ever looked running, even though he had the 75-yard touchdown last week, which is great, this week he even looked a little bit better. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, the next guy, Samari Torre, had a big day. Had a really, really big day. Eight catches, 133 yards. He had three carries for 35 yards and a touchdown. So he had a, what is that, 168 total yards from scrimmage. Clearly, and this is real, Samari Torre and Martinez have good chemistry. There's trust there. Uh, I, I don't know if he's, I don't know if Martinez has had a receiver that he's had chemistry with and trusted since Morgan, Stanley Morgan, probably. Because even yeah. Wandale, like Wandale ended up having to come to the backfield a lot. But and Wandale, remember like the, the big talk we always had, uh, after Wandale transferred was the good and the bad. Wandale's awesome. He's tough. He was our, one of our favorite guys. But when you when you have to throw him the ball, he's just small. Like right. he's a small target, and it's hard. Like it's it's hard. You have to be really accurate. The smaller a guy is, right? And um, 
you can kind of be like Torre makes it easier to, to get him the ball. So if, as a quarterback, when it comes to just throwing somebody the ball, you'd rather be throwing to Torre than you would probably Wandale. So um, I, I think Torre is going to give Martinez some more comfort. I think it's the, a good comfort thing. The weird thing is, you know, Torre, again, he looked good, but he's kind of an interesting player because he's, he's not very fast. Necess- he's like fast, but not like explosive fast. Maybe that, like, but he gets open. He gets open. He catches the ball. He's but even not on those super options, strong. Like when he when yeah. like when he gets those pitches, you know he scored. And I I think this option wrinkle is good. I think I mean you would yeah. be able to speak to this from a defense. Like that's probably something. Now every team Buffalo has to spend a lot of time this week getting ready for that play. And and they have to their calls are all going to have to be predicated on well, we might run some more of this. You know so. I like having that wrinkle because the defense has to like, okay, change what they do knowing that could come. Right. But yeah, he's just a weird player. Like he's not, there isn't anything about him physically that wows you. Yeah. He's not Omar Manny. He's, he's way skinnier. He's not like a, and he's not like a straight up burner, but he's just kind of good. Like yeah, he's, he's just, just he's a good football player. He's a good football player. And you can kind of just trust like he'll catch it. Well, and you made a comment in our season preview pod when we were talking about Oliver Martin you were like you know and so far Oliver Martin's you know was was really good in the Illinois game but you made a comment of basically like okay listen cool you can run a good shuttle you can run like can you play football yeah to me that's Ture now I'm not saying we act like Ture's out there like you know can't he's runs like a 5 7 40 or something like that obviously he's not but but you forget that it's still about being good at football yeah and catching the ball yeah, and, and knowing where to be, right. where to be, how to get there. And, you know, and he's he's a little bit elusive. I mean, he's not like super elusive, but he's got a little of that wiggle. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's just a guy we're so fortunate to have gotten because like he, he makes our passing game go. Right. I mean, now. the bottom line is they had a receiver go for one hundred and thirty three yards. When's the last time we I mean, I'm, I'm really I'm trying to. Did they have a Mar- single Martin, I guess, had a hundred yards, had 103 last yards last, last year. I don't know. We had one. I would, I would bet that they did not have a hundred yard receiver last year. I'm almost going to bet more than I bet in the Connor Cole <laughs> bet. <laughs> I'd like to parlay. Can we turn it into a parlay? parlay this is something. That, no receivers, hundred yards last year. I mean, feel pretty good. At that. I feel pretty good about that. But nevertheless, like he had a good day. Yeah, and it's good to see there. It might sound cliche, but that whole trust and chemistry with a quarterback thing is real. Yeah, and it seems like those two guys got it. Which leads into the, the the next thing I wrote down is kind of a, a kind of an offshoot of this is like in general it's still not great but at least Nebraska through two games has shown some semblance of a downfield passing attack. We've been talking about this for two full years of what we what we've needed ever since that first year with Martinez is right. if you don't get these safeties back and these corners off, it's hard to do anything. Because they're playing the short passing game, they're up in the run. Um, they're they're they do not respect your like your threat to go deep, and it just makes it too easy to play defense. And like we right. have to be able to do that. And so Ture has shown that you know he's not hitting any like eighty yard bombs, but like he's shown he can he can catch a, a pretty deep ball. Omar Manning caught a few of of good length. Xavier Betts caught one late in the game. Um, Oliver Martin, obviously, last week caught a couple of of passes that were that were pretty deep. Austin Allen's caught a few. Elante Brown came in at the end of the game 
and made two really good plays. I'm not sure if you had left by the by the one along the, the pylon. I saw the juke. The juke one, was yeah. gorgeous, but then he he had a touchdown that was called back because he was he caught it on the pylon and he and he got pushed out of bounds a little bit, but it was in traffic. It looked yeah. really, really good. But again, all those things like last year, they never threw the ball down the field. Yeah, and so at least through two games, they've shown a, just even a pulse in that department. Yeah, I think the guys they're waiting on are, I mean, number one, it's bets. Like Xavier Betts is the guy, like when I'm picturing like somebody running a deep post or a, just a go route, it's probably bets first. Manning to be the other guy. I'm like, okay, like the guys you just want to have like a once or twice a game, it's going deep. Give him a chance to win one-on-one just 50 yards down the field. Get right. a pass interference or win. Like those two guys can do it. They're still not at the point where I think they are comfortable enough to be out there a lot. Like, so I, I they're the guys I'm waiting on to kind of make the next step of like, you get to be out there in the field. Like Torrey's out there every play, you know, Lure, Lure or whatever is, is been playing a lot. Like, those two need to get into that rotation, right? Those guys, because and Martin played a lot in the first game. Yeah, Martin was out there the whole time. So between those five guys, like right now, we kind of have two or three guys that they trust. Yeah, they need five that like they can play ball with. Absolutely, and it's but it's at least it's good to see they can throw the ball down the field. The one thing that's weird with Manning is I pictured Manning, and maybe I'm over analyzing this, but I pictured Manning being a guy that could win in traffic yeah. but he's a body catcher like if you know like he's not he? really he all of his catches have been he he's a he's he's not a hands guy like yeah it's pretty rare one-on-one here it comes to it's those are usually hand catches yeah, for but, sure but i'm with you like when i think of nebraska sending a guy deep you picture bets and you picture manning hopefully those guys kind of come on but at least they can they've shown like a semblance to be able to do yeah, and i i picture that alante brown he looked like Alante good. Brown and Will Nixon, the two guys, like what Torre was doing in that option. I actually thought that would be like those two guys doing it. So, right. The Dick Bob podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it. And how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Torrey, actually, the guy I'm like, I'm surprised he's the guy doing I didn't it. want to say that, but I, I kind of thought that with my little, like, crumbles, little, little breadcrumbs of, like, he's not very fat, like, is he the best guy? Like, well, no, no, he's not. But he must be the only guy that has earned the trust of knowing how to. You've run option. Yeah. Like, there probably is a little bit of like understanding how to maintain that that 
that pitch relationship distance sure. wise and all that. Maybe he's the only one that can do that. But I think like there's got to be a more explosive guy that they could be pitching the ball. There to. is, but they're also like you. We can't be so situational. We're like, well, yeah. guess who's coming in? Betts is coming in to run the deep route. Like and. And or Alante Brown, Brown in motion to come you know, be the what, option right. guy. Like we need these guys to be out there that they can do multiple things, and we can be multiple in our offense, so we can just go. Right. And so right now, I think we are we're not there with those guys because to me, that's why Torres running the the pitch man. That's a great answer because and that's has to be what it is. He's they're not the other guys aren't there. Right. And Torre is Torres there where he can play every down, and because of that, he gets to be the one to catch the option. Yes, there it is. Um. Next thing I wrote down, we talked about it a little bit, but like the offense finally found some rhythm and found some consistent production. It feels like it's been almost since year one where you've seen that kind of consistent drive to drive productivity, right? Like I get it, FCS opponent. We should preface everything with that. Like at the beginning of this podcast, you should be like, warning. We understand that this is an FCS opponent. The following opinions understand and take that into consideration. Like we get it, right? But it's still will be exaggerated. Yeah, yeah, like, but we you get it. Like, here's the thing with that though, is like if they would have failed, you would have criticized them. So it kind of like it's kind of unfair that if they don't, you get to be like, ah. I mean, in the end, it's like a W's a W. Yeah. What like, you find out, they look back at these coaches' records and they never talk about well, Tom Osborne was nine and three, and but you know what? Two of those games were against F like Nobody cares. No, you got to get your W's and you got to like, this is about getting wins and building something, right? We're totally. building towards being better. And yes. that's what this game led us to. So Nebraska, I think they scored on five, five straight possessions. At one point, they have 633 total yards. They have 52 points. Like finally they were able to kind of get it going. A little yeah, bit. we were moving. I didn't the think ball. they looked. I didn't think like, man, this offense, hey, bro. Because you know what? Here, here's my criticism of 600 yards of offense, um, which is great. We're moving the ball, but the issue with uh, that I think will linger is we don't have anybody willing to make a play, like a an explosive. Like if you told me we had 600 yards and 50 points, we got to have one explosive play, right? Like one, like. 30, 40, 50 yard touchdown. And we just don't really have a guy to do that right now. And that's what I was talking about. Bets going deeper. May like I'm watching these games. When you watch other games and people make big plays, it feels like it's been two and a half, three seasons where like, like, especially like last week, Adrian made the seven. I was like, wow, we made a long touchdown run. It felt right. weird. Yeah. But we're so like reliant on dinking and dunking. The fl- like so that's where it's like there's more chances for error the more you don't get like the explosives. Out. Totally agree. It's funny you know we keep going kind of going there with it, but like so now we'll go to the, to one of the concerns because you kind of went with it. The one thing I wrote down is that I'm still not wowed by the overall team speed and the overall arsenal of weapons offensively. I don't I haven't seen through two games anybody that has that home run hitter game changing type of ability. Not yeah. saying I mean like Teres a good player, but that's not the same as the game changing type guy. Like Steph yeah. looks like he's a decent player that's different than being a game changing home run hitter. I'm just like 
to me, Nebraska, one of the overall things, like if I just turn on the film and I'm watching Nebraska, one of the first things that jump out at me is they lack speed on offense. Yeah, the explosiveness where somebody's going to, you mess up this guy's house calling. Right now, we, I just, I'm not, I'm not, it's not really there. Um, And I think with this offense, like we got to find, we got to find our, our spurts of that. Just to, it just makes it easier on that offense than to not have to be perfect. Right. Because, and again, like it's, it's good that they scored and you never want to like, but the, the Nebraska's five straight scoring drives, 13 plays, eight plays, nine plays, nine plays, nine plays. Like I actually feel like against good teams, it's going to be harder to do that. It's hard to just build these long, like perfect drives where you do 10 play. It's just hard, right? It's you know, it's much easier is like, Every third or fourth time, you get like a big explosive chunk that either scores or gets you right there. So you don't have to be like, you know, like I think it just leads to more chances for penalties and mistakes is when you're totally. like, we always have to go 13 plays to score. And so that that's I'm concerned about through two games. I would say I'm underwhelmed with the the skill guys explosiveness and game changing home run hitting abilities. You so know, and I, I'm, and I'm, this is hard because I watched them in, you know, 16 and 17 at UCF. And it was basically like, I feel like it was this explosion plays galore. That's yeah. It just felt like that all the time. Well, even you think, I mean, when you think back of watching Oregon back oh, in the day, it just, it just felt like there was an inevitability for a 60 yard touchdown yeah. or a, it's a 52 yard gain. Yeah, like that's what that's like when they talk about it, it was such a track meet because they literally were like, well, you're going to score a lot of points, but we're going to score more. And right. it's just going to be like people doing this. And now yeah. it's like, I don't know that that's uh, obviously we're, I don't think we're trying to do that quite as much as we used, like we were initially trying to do in 18. But um, yeah, I think we, we do need to find, we need to find a few guys you know, there could they could be on this team. Like I think yeah. Betts is a deep threat. I think Alante Brown has a little juice in them. I think you know we'll see. I just I think we got some guys that could maybe do it. We just haven't kind of found that yet, right? Absolutely. And so we'll see how that progresses. But through two games, that's that's a major concern for me. Yeah. A couple more things with the good. Um, the defense forced turnovers. Got some ways, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, JoJo Doman gets a pick. Uh, Deontay Williams has two interceptions, so they have three interceptions for the day. Obviously, that's something that is you know, all that all goes into turnover margin and a big part of what this defense is built to try to do. Be disruptive, take the ball away. They were able to do that. I didn't think the pass rush was as good, um, which is a little concerning, even though they were able to heat up Illinois early in the game. They didn't really they weren't able to heat up Fordham as much as I thought they would. But nevertheless, defense forced some turnovers. That's good. Yep. That's good. For sure. Build some confidence to just, you know, getting those first couple turnovers uh, on the year. Uh, I think that that will be good for the, the, the games down the road. The, the last two things I wrote down, it, it kind of along the lines of the Jack Daniels, happy Gilmore moments of the day of the game. Here Handle, comes, here comes the putter throw, but it was just in general, the guys handled adversity in the game better and handled those, those big moments better of where it could have gone either way. 
they made the plays, right? Like they blocked the field goal. Deontay Williams got the pick. Jojo Doman made the interception. They were able to go drive down and score to take advantage of, you know, like they were able to make those things happen. Obviously, that's a huge thing as well. And then the last thing is the backups got in. You finally, a lot of guys got to play, which is huge. That hasn't happened in a long time. Someone mentioned that it might have been Maryland in 2019 was the last time that they were able to kind of like empty the bench. Yeah. That makes a big difference. Like you were able to get now if Smothers has to come into a game, he's at least been out there before. He's right. Like, I don't want to go to the chiropractor. Again. I would rather not have a chiropractic <laughs> adjustment. But like I'm that gonna, stuff yeah. makes a difference, right? It does. And that's why they do it. I mean, you know, I think Nebraska is a place that uh, like anybody that watched games in the nineties, like has such a fondness for like the, the like second half development of what, like right. you got to play guys a ton for a whole decade because we were kicking people's butts so bad. So that our depth became like such an asset. Yeah. You got to see the second, third, fourth, fifth string running backs. You got to see, yeah. like, you got to see all those guys. That was always time. a joy. You always loved it when like, Jay Sims came in, right. and you're like, in 1995, right? And like, amazing, yeah, a great game. And you know, it's like he was our fifth string running back, right? Something. I know, but but that's where that used to be. Young Husker fans, that's how that game on Saturday was. How like every game was, yeah. And that's in, why I felt so good. Oh, I felt like, great, you know. Better. Yeah. Um, anything I missed with the good before I go to some of the concerns? We've already hit on a couple of the concerns. Anything? Uh, anything stand out at you? How did you feel like, real quick? The overall, the defense. How did you feel like the defense played? I thought it was a little sloppy in the first half. I mean, you know, they they were... When you say sloppy, what do you mean? I saw a couple of times, like, D-line, like, got caught peaking, right? So, like, they're in their gap, they peak, and they squirted by for some long runs. And then we were, we were given too much cushion on a few throws, and they were getting, you know, they're picking up first down. So, I mean, right. they were moving the ball okay. In the first quarter... First quarter and a half, they moved the ball pretty good. They did. And we we were sloppy, I felt like. Um, I was proud that they they came out in the, the third quarter right. play, like what they needed to do. And the game was gone. It was done after that. And so that was good. But it's also, it, it's, you know, this is not, you know, this is, this is not Iowa. This right. is like, we need to be able to do that against Michigan State and Iowa, Northwestern. And um, so I think the defense still has to find uh their next gear i I don't think they've hit their stride yet yeah i think that's fair and i I'd agree i mean it was it wasn't uh it wasn't kind of the because one of the first concerns i wrote down was just like the slow start like what you wanted was the second that game started it was just you you, you established yourselves you you imposed your will you dominated yeah. them physically from the jump and that didn't happen really either on either side of the ball offensively, you have the sloppy first drive. D defensively, you allow Fordham to move the ball with relative regularity. I get it's not about yards, ma'am. It's about points, in the words of Bo Pelini. They still only scored seven points. But within that slow start, one of the biggest concerns through the first two games, and it was really showed itself in this game to me, and it's weird to say because the team did rush for over 300 yards. I'm a little concerned about this offensive line's ability to line up and win at, at the point of attack. I, I, you know, what's funny is I, I felt the exact same way. Like I just, I'm not seeing the, the push. It just feels like it's always a little bit 
there's a little bit too much give there and that's concerning very i i think the guy we- i feel the best about is is Jer- i think jurgens is the real deal and i'm just like everybody else i'm just like uh they're all question mark. i think we were giving them a lot of like um benefit of the doubt yeah the benefit of that was given to four guys on that line that to me i hadn't seen it before and dude i think that right now there there's a lot to prove because let's be i mean the first couple of the, especially the first drive i mean if you can't line it up if you can't line up and blow fordham off the ball well so, it's so a little concerning on that note okay so this is by about the second quarter i'm sitting next to my brother-in-law and i'm like gosh is somebody gonna block 47 and i meant that like i've like i've seen this guy make quite a few tackles so far my like, god 47 is just making a lot of plays like we should block that guy <laughs> and i don't know that we ever got he was running free the whole game he was free so we weren't getting to that guy but like the fact that you can make 20 tackles and then we're like well now it's like we never got a hat on that guy right and he made he was their best tackler by a mile and a half he finished with 30 tackles he made 30 tackles 30 and i'm, I'm my brother my dad and my uncle all called me and texted me about this 30 tackles because we're a family full of linebackers. Right. And we know that 30 tackles is unheard of. It's unheard of. <laughs> if you make I, my brother had 20 tackles. I was wondering once. what his career high was. 20, 20. And he made every play. Right. It was every single play you could make. He made this guy made 30. I mean, what's what's interesting is see, this is what's good. It's like on one hand, you wanted to now you do got to tip your cap to this guy, but you're a stud if you're you make a stud, 30. right? But at the same time, I think to your point, it's like, well. If you're the offensive line, you need to someone go hit that guy. Yes. Somebody get a body on that guy. And you know when you're out there, you're like, you know who made all the tackles. Right. You know that guy's making tackles. So they needed to be like, we need to get a hat. Like, so I don't know. I, I'm a little like in a in a weird way, I was like, tip your hat to the guy, but also the uh, the offensive line, I'm thinking, hey, I'm a little we, concerned. We we need to we need to find it man yeah because the one thing that the big 10 is in particular the big 10 west it's kind of a trenches conference and division yeah and if you're not up to par in the o-line is you're probably gonna have a hard time especially especially when you combine that with not having like we talked about not having the game breaking home run hitting dynamic skill guys that can Amir Abdullah was the kind of guy that could turn nothing into a 40 yard game. Yeah. And I mean, Amir made, it's not like Amir was running behind a great offensive line. There were a lot of times Amir would get a handoff have to, there'd be a guy literally with penetration, that guy never brought him down. And then Amir could go squirt and get whatever. I don't know if Nebraska has, I shouldn't say, I don't know. I know they don't have Amir. I don't know if they have a guy that can make that play when you combine that with the O line and again, what's hard is like you look at it, you go, well, they rushed for 329 yards or whatever. It's like, yeah, but what are your eyes telling you? Yeah, you just, you, that's it. Just Amir, trust. That's why stats can be a little misleading. Yeah, man. Amir and Rex Burkhead, you know, these are guys from the last decade. The first guy never got him. Ever. Ever. The first guy never got him. And that was something I noticed about him immediately. It's like the first guy never got him. And there was always a chance that like the play could get extended and right. after that. And like that's what you want with your running back. It's like it's they're always a threat. And so what's hard is some of this is on the running backs, but then when you when when you have running backs that aren't blessed with that, 
you better be good up front. And so far, I would say I'd put the run blocking and the ability to to get a good push as one of the chief concerns moving forward. Yeah. Well, and I think here's my 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 real issue is like I I had talked myself into thinking that was going to be a strength. So right now I, I'm not seeing it. So right. I think that's where you know it's also you know first couple games like like th- that's part of how seasons go. I think we always forget this since it's been such a wacky couple of years. But like team progresses, right? Things that things happen. Uh, you know, right? Areas of the ball improve, and so like. We'll see what we are here in the, you know, halfway through the year. But it, so far, yeah, we're, we're kind of, we still have question marks. Well, I mean, the thing to think about, and, I, and I'm not here, here what I'm saying that I'm, I'm not insinuating that this is how this season's going to go. But I always think back to uh, Minnesota's 2019 season. Minnesota starts the season, they, beat they they beat South Dakota State at home by a touchdown and it was like a last second touchdown they beat Fresno State in overtime 38-35 then they beat Georgia Southern and needed a last second score to win 35 to 32 and that season they end up they beat Auburn in a bowl game they finished 10th in the country now I'm certainly not insinuating like my point isn't to say that I th- I think Nebraska's heading to a top 10 ranking. My point is you can get better. Yeah. That that who you are on September 4th isn't necessarily who you're going to be on October 4th, November 4th and so on and so forth. So you you hope there's some progression, but there's no question that right now there's some concerns especially in the trenches right now. For sure. Uh we actually hit on a lot of the other because we talked about the running back situation. Still not sure about that. The skill spots and the speed, the punt returners. I don't know if it's going to be Brody Belt moving forward. We'll see. Pass rush wasn't as good as it as it was against Illinois. Uh, but was is there any other concerns from that game that stood out to you? No, I think uh, a win is this win is going to go a long way though. That's that's the the main yes. theme of this pod. Probably is it like we can't overemphasize what this did for the fan base for the team. I mean, it's Fordham. Yeah. Who cares? Right. But like this was very beneficial. Absolutely. The, uh, you're, you're hard pressed outside of Cam Taylor Britt, who we feel bad for, but if there's any guy we're probably not worried about, it's him. You'd imagine everybody walked off that field feeling pretty good about themselves. Yeah. Not saying they feel like I'm, you know, they've arrived, but like they, they, we're able to go back in the locker room, high five each other. They're taking off their pads and they're all have positive feelings. It was doom and gloom. It was a doom and gloom week. Yes. Like Saturday to Saturday was doom and gloom until we got the W. Now it kind of just brings it back to reset. And now you're one and one. And here's the, here's one of the biggest points. Um, I was watching, I've been watching all weekend. You get Northwestern losing, you get Wisconsin losing, Uh, you get Minnesota losing. So Iowa kicked butt. They looked really good, but you got three of the four West and Illinois just lost. So, I mean, like you got four losses now. So now Nebraska, instead of being like in the, in the cellar, like they just got, everybody else got conference losses too. Like, this is good. Like, this is good for Nebraska. It's a reset and they're still in the big, 
10 West Battle. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good friends at White Castle Roofing. And I've owned two homes in my life. One in Omaha and now one in Lincoln. And both times, when I had some damage to my roof, White Castle Roofing was who I trusted with the job. I had some hail damage to my roof in Omaha. White Castle took care of that and did a great job. And then I had a leak with my skylight in Lincoln. My guy Ben from White Castle was able to come over take a look at things, get the pieces needed to fix it, communicated every step, and boom, the crew was over and knocked it out quickly. Done and done. The crew was amazing, man. They're fast. They're efficient. They were awesome. Cleanup was a top priority. And most importantly, they did a fantastic job. You can't trust just anyone with your roof. And trust me, you can trust White Castle Roofing. Check them out. Online, whitecastleroofing.com. That's whitecastleroofing.com. White Castle Roofing, built with trust, proven by time. I think psychologically, that's important. It was really important to see Wisconsin, Northwestern, uh, Minnesota. and Minnesota lose. Well, yeah, because that's what I wrote. It's funny. I wrote down opponent watch. I wanted to, do, to wrap this up with kind of opponent watch. But you're going there. For people who didn't see it on Friday night, Michigan State hammered Northwestern in Evanston. Yeah. Now, the good, the good news of that is the, the team in your division gets a loss and they didn't look very good. The bad news of that Play is Michigan, State. Michigan State's probably like that game feels that game now feels like the new Illinois. Like that game feels huge now because you yeah, kind of feel like, yeah, ne- you know, next week, you don't know. You, you hope you better win if you I mean, but that game, by the way, Buffalo beat Wagner 69 to seven. And they're a program that think like they've been winning a lot lately I'll like tell you what, let's uh, let's not overlook buffalo because I if they totally just agree. put up 69 points on anybody i don't care because that's like you find out like we couldn't do that against fordham right right so but you think about that game then oklahoma then then it becomes the next time you feel like you really are going to learn something about yourself it's probably that michigan state game they look pretty good so there's a good news bad news with that game you pointed out wisconsin's offense looks shaky um now a lot of that's probably penn state but nevertheless Offense didn't look great. They lost. Um, Iowa hammered Indiana. Looked as good as anybody did in the first um, the first weekend. The other thing, Purdue beat Oregon State. Pretty good win. Now Oregon State's not great, but that's a pretty good, good win, win for Purdue. Purdue. Yeah. Uh, the 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 other two opponent watch things to to look at is number one, Illinois lost at home to Texas San Antonio, yeah. which is like, you know. Uh, like a little bit of a now you get yourself into trouble you start doing comparative scoring but at the same time there is like a you know illinois nebraska went to illinois and put up what 22 points Mm -hmm. it was illinois texas san antonio scored in the high 30s i'm pulling it up here texas texas san antonio scored 37 points and you just go oh boy I don't know. The, one of my big takeaways from watching these Big Ten games, though, is I was watching Penn State and Wisconsin, and, and the, the the refs. Tr- I'm telling you, it felt similar to what almost happened. What did happen to us? But they almost gave the game to Wisconsin with a couple terrible right. target. Where they called a guy for a targeting when the quarterback was running the ball and lowered into him, and they hit heads. It's like it was a big hit, and the quarterback did like spun off and was fine. But like they ended up reviewing it, calling it targeting, and injected the guy. Like, I mean, it was, and then they had another like 
terrible, timely hands to the face, personal foul where the end of the drive. I mean, like they were trying to give the game just like us versus Illinois, like two or three, just atrocious calls. Like I'm so tired of refs determining the game with these like big personal foul right. targeting, like, targeting late hit. and personal right. fouls. Those need to not be the reason why you win and lose games. And they are, there's, they're too frequently the reason. Right. And that is, fr- I was frustrated for Penn State because I was like, this is terrible. It's right. A terrible call. Right. And they need to stop that because that's how the games are. It shouldn't be how games are determined. Agree. Agree. It's, but nevertheless, but here's the thing that's hard is like, I don't want to be disingenuous. Like, I think we all left that Illinois Nebraska game thinking, I still think Nebraska, like, I think if they lined up and played again, I'd pick Nebraska to win the game. That's big because we all so, watch. We watch so how it happened. That's why, like, I'm like, not. Yeah, it's not. It's not good for Nebraska just for the psyche, you know, yeah. and just. But am I stunned that Texas San Antonio went to Illinois and won? I am not because I did not think Illinois was very good. No, every like Illinois. And this we bring some of this on ourselves, but like everything went perfect. Like, remember when he, he drops in a perfect pass, and right. you know we fumble it, bounces to. I mean, this is what happens, right? It's our own fault in a lot of ways. But it went right for Illinois. Well, Illinois being Illinois on the regular, they're about as good as they can. Uh, their level of of talent is they can lose this Texas San Antonio and they can beat us when it's right. when it's going right. But that's who they are, and that's exactly what we probably thought they would be. That's exactly right. So, but nevertheless, you see that you go, ugh. Makes, the other, yeah. But I would I would have been like, yeah, it's probably. I, I, I'm not. I wasn't surprised by it at all. Mm. The the other thing that was at least kind of interesting. Tulane almost beat Oklahoma. And the thing that's even more interesting is that game was supposed to be at Tulane, but the hurricane or less stuff, they relocate. It had to get moved to Norman, Oklahoma. And it makes you wonder if now not everything always plays out exactly how you think it's going to be like, if that game's not in Norman, Oklahoma, does Oklahoma lose that game? Maybe. But the bottom line is, it wasn't like Oklahoma. Now, I still, again, I still think Oklahoma's going to hammer Nebraska. Hammer. But it wasn't like Oklahoma looked out of this world unbeatable in that first game. So there's there's a lot of when you do the opponent watch thing, you go down the list, there's some some games that look a little harder than you thought. There's some games that look a little easier than you thought and everything in between. So the bottom line is, Nebraska – this game served its purpose. They needed to get to one and one. And now this game, this Buffalo, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous for this. This, this is a, like, you better not, if anybody thinks that this, that Buffalo is going to come in here, Nebraska is going to just hammer. I, I don't know what to tell you. I hope we don't overlook that. I mean, that's where the Fordham game even itself, like, it's like, well, we're going to win by 50, no matter what. Like, I don't, I don't say that ever anymore. Like, I don't, I don't care I don't if Fordham or if it's win. Buffalo. We got to just be like every W we can get. We have to play like it's the last game of the year. This game against Fordham was the closest thing to a you're assuming that Nebraska is going to win the game. I'm not assuming for one second that Nebraska is going to beat Buffalo. I'm telling you that right now. If we're here one week from now talking about Buffalo beating Nebraska, will I be heartbroken and frustrated and say yes? But will I be surprised? I will not be surprised. Because that's kind of where Nebraska's at right now. But I think that should be for every like every team around the country. If you're not Alabama and yeah, like you should basically be 
every game you could get beat. Yeah. Well, I mean, Montana beat Washington, I think, last night. Uh, wow. I mean, you've seen you've seen a lot of quote unquote upsets. Kind of that's it. That happened. It happens more than you think. You know, I think there's just the parodies is great. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they got guys, they got homeboys. They got, you got homeboys at Fordham getting 30 tackles in a game. How sore are you really sore after a 30 tackle game? Or if you're like, Um, or or was he running so clean that like, if you get a clean shot at somebody, does it hurt as much? I think it hurts more when you're the runner. Probably that's what I would have running back after 30 carries. Like you're getting hit. Yeah. And like in your legs and, yeah, I think it's... So you think he's probably hanging in there today or what? 30 tackles. 30 tackles is a lot of tackles, man. Crack a beer and... Oh, a beer and Gatorade, yeah. call it a day. You know, you're probably pretty good. Anything we miss in Powell, we get it. We hit I everything there. I think we there. were thorough. It was a great win. Yeah. Oscars are back on track now. Yep. It's one and one. I mean, jump. go beat Ford or go beat Buffalo. Then we'll, we'll cross the Oklahoma Bridge when it comes. But until then, I mean... Let's just hope there's not any more putter throws or whiskey moments here. And here comes comes the putter putter throw. throw! A Hoda Media Production.